Hello and welcome to Kingdom Conversations, a ministry of Faith Covenant Church. We are so excited to have you today as we talk about all things related to the Kingdom of God. Hello and welcome back for another episode of Kingdom Conversations. I just have to tell you, audience, that I am so excited. One of my favorite guests is when we get to have Pastor Kevin, because you just need to put your seatbelts on. We never know where God is going to take these conversations. Kevin, would you take a second and introduce yourself, just if there's somebody for the first time listening, and tell them what we're going to be talking about today. You bet. Uh, my name's Kevin. I'm the lead pastor here at Faith Covenant Church. Hopefully, I've gotten a chance to, to meet you. If not, grab me on a Sunday. I'd love to say hi. Um, I've been at Faith Covenant for about nine years and uh, excited to be here. It's my home church. I came to know Christ at this church. I met my wife at this church. And so um, the people of this church matter to me. Uh, today, one of the other close things um, to me or is very important to me is prayer. So we get a chance to, to talk about prayer and, and look at what that um, looks like in our lives and the various aspects of our lives, as well as the how to do it and where in scriptures that talk about it and, and why it's so hard, maybe. Um, well, you know, I'm thinking the best way to start is what does prayer look like in your life? And not Pastor Kevin's life, but Kevin Dean, the uh, man, the father, the husband. What does that look like? Yeah, so for me, uh, there's a book that was done, I'm sure, back in the 90s, and I'll date myself really <laughs> quickly. But uh, when Blackaby and those guys did Experiencing God, and in it, it talks about um, five ways that God speaks to you. And that caught my attention because I've always wanted to hear God speaking to me. And uh, I don't think he's playing cosmic hide and seek. And so how do I hear his voice consistently? And that was the first time I heard that it was okay to look in different areas. And how do I, how do I discover the difference between his voice and my voice? And so for me, I find that a lot of times he speaks through me through God's word. Yeah. And that's where I spend quite a bit of time reading God's word and uh, meditate on it, which we're going to talk about today and pondering it and thinking about it and wrestling with it. And so I don't read it and put it aside. Most of the time I think about it all throughout the day yeah. and I wrestle with it because parts I don't like. Mm -hmm. And so I find himself course correcting me. I'm having conversations throughout the day with people and, uh, the more I know God's word, if God's word is the language of God to me, then it allows me to speak the language of God back to him. I love that. Do you know one of the things we try to encourage our salt and lighters to um, do is to, we call it the remember piece. And it's that when you put away your quiet time, just when you're going throughout your day, you're sitting at a red light or you're at a doctor's office remembering, what did God show me this morning? And I have to tell you, it's so funny how like an hour later, I have to, re sometimes I have to look at my book to remember because the world comes in and it makes us so distracted. But the goal is to take the word with us everywhere we're going. And that is one of the things I love about the scripture memory is almost easier than the big chunks of scripture to be able to hang on to little pieces during the day. Very true. I think for me, I got the picture growing up that prayer had to be in a mm. closet, in the dark, on my knees, uh, and I had to just talk nonstop at God. And I don't think I understood what prayer was. And um, for me, wrestling with what is 
prayer look like so it's not a duty, it's a delight? Oh. And how do we move from duty to delight? That. And that was a hard journey for me uh, because what in my head was uncomfortable, dead space. I found myself wandering. My brain was wandering to all the things of the day. If I prayed at night before I went to bed, I'd fall asleep. If I got up in the morning, my brain was running. So finding the right time. And so for some people, I know that works, getting on their knees, getting in a closet, praying, or, or finding those times with your kids at night before they go to bed. Beautiful, beautiful moments. For me, that wasn't a way that I was feeling like I was delighting in prayer. I felt like I was caught in the midst of duty, and I didn't like that. So what does delight look like during the day when you're in the middle of a crazy busy day? How do you delight and pray throughout your day? One of the things I'm wrestling with is, um, you and I talked a little bit about this, is being sensitive to the calling of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Sort of like a phone call. Um, I don't know that I always have to initiate it. Sometimes I think the Holy Spirit is calling me to prayer. Yeah. that the Father is calling me to prayer. And so trying to be sensitive to that because he has something to say to me mm -hmm. or he has something to show me or he has maybe something to course correct and whatever it may be. And so trying to be sensitive so that when anxiety starts to come up within me because of all that's happening at our church, yeah. for me, for him to go, relax, yeah. this has never been about you. Oh, or And for me to begin to pray God's word back or passages about worry or passages about stress or or maybe for comfort. When uh, we just had a, a good friend of mine is in the hospital, they got admitted um, yesterday. Yeah. And so what does it look like for me to, to come before God with healing yeah. and, and to pray for healing for my friend yeah. and, um, and God to give them rest? Yeah. And so it's, it's, it isn't as set for 20 minutes, I do my quiet time, and then 20 minutes I pray, and I pray like this, this, and this. I, there are techniques I use which we can talk about but it's much more for me chunks throughout the day that I spend yeah. praying. What I love about what you just said is that feelings have purpose in our life. Feelings mm -hmm. are real. They are. It doesn't make them true. Um, and the only way to know whether it's God's voice or it's another voice is to see if they align with scripture. But that feeling when you said like, I'm feeling anxious, something's coming into my life. I can pray unceasingly. I can turn and have a conversation with God. Something my friend Debbie Friley always says is we're having conversations all day long. Never are we not having a conversation. Here's the question. Are we having a conversation with ourselves, or are we changing our audience and having the, that same conversation with God? And it's so funny because it's so easy. We Our flesh trains us to like talk to ourselves as, I'm angry at this person, I'm feeling anxious, to, and then to focus in on the feeling. But when I change my audience and I start to talk to God, isn't it amazing how he comes in and he meets me there and he frees us? That's that praying unceasingly. Absolutely. And as you grow in your faith, I think it changes. When I was younger in my faith, I relied heavily on flare prayers. And what a flare mm -hmm. prayer is, is I'm walking into a meeting. Oh, God, help this meeting go well. I just shoot that up in the air. It's 10 seconds. And while I'm not saying that's ineffective or that's not even saying it's inappropriate, I think as I mature, we move beyond that and and what does it look like for us to sit in prayer for a minute yeah. and really speak to him and listen? Not all, always talk at him, but to truly listen. Doesn't work with my wife. 
Yeah. Certainly yeah. not going to work with the Almighty. You know what I just thought of? I thought of something you shared a while ago, and you may I don't know if you remember this or not, but you said one of the things you love is your um, small group and how they pray for you. You have these prayer partners. You were walking into a meeting. Do you remember this? It came upon you suddenly. And you said it didn't have to be fancy or big. It was just simple. They said praying and that you knew you had trust, which by the way, I just define trust. And do you know what it is? Trust is a resting of the mind. Hmm. So your mind, you know that when you have people in your corner that are praying for you, talk a little bit about what does it mean to have a prayer partner and what does that look like? Because I think people freak out and think it's way more complicated than it is, but there's simplicity, right? Yeah. A prayer partner really is friendship Hmm. for me. It's that who are the people in my life that know me well enough that know what need to be prayed for for me without me saying anything. Yeah. There are people in my life who watch my marriage, who watch my parenting, who see what I'm wrestling with and hear me talk and when I'm frustrated, when I'm angry, when I'm overwhelmed. Um, they see me and they go, I hear, I hear what you're asking me to pray for, Kevin, yeah. but that's not what, what you need to be prayed for. Yeah. And, and having those people, but that only comes with relationship. And relationship doesn't happen on Sunday morning between services. And it doesn't happen in a life group that happens every other week. Those are the great starts. And maybe over a long period of time, they can become. Mm -hmm. But proximity matters in friendships. Presence matters. Frequency matters. Vulnerability matters. And those who I'm the most vulnerable with and I'm with the most tend to pray for me the most. And are going before the throne for me. They, Kevin, I'm, I don't know why I'm texting you right now, but I'm praying for you. I got a, that exact text this morning from someone who prays for me most every day. I love that. That's such a great example. And that's relationship. Well, when we were talking right before the beginning of this, we talked about that there are categories of prayer and types of prayer. Will you explain that? Yeah. So one of the things I, I liked even to transition from that last topic a little bit is my the people who pray for me are greater or uh, outside of perhaps the groups that I gather in. Mm. So what I like is if I'm in a group, that group might be praying for me, but there's other people that uh, are with me for good sort of yeah. thing. They're my people, yes. regardless of what group I might attend. And so when it comes to prayer, uh, the way I've kind of grouped people, especially in the skill of prayer, from the skill side would be, what does our prayer like look like individually hmm. for me and God, just me and God? What does my prayer life look like with me and my family, my hmm. kids, yeah. um, my spouse, if you have one? What does that look like there to lead my family in prayer and for us to pray together from a familial standpoint? Then it's what does it look like for me to pray as a part of a group of people, my salt and light group, my life group, my LTG? And then finally, what does corporate prayer look like? What does it look like on a a Sunday morning or in a large room setting? What one of the fallacies that people do is when you're in a large room, let's say you've got um, a 15 plus or 20 plus people, even up to hundreds, you're thinking about what you're going to pray and you're not listening to what those people are praying. And which means you're not in a prayer gathering. I've done that. I've done that. It's like a terrible feeling. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'm not proud of that. Yes. Right. (laughs) Confession time. Is that what we're doing? So. Yeah. So um, as you were sharing those different types of prayers, one of the things that you shared with me and it rocked my world a little bit. And sometimes I love it and sometimes I don't. Is the so that prayer? 
Because I thought that my, I thought I knew my prayers, but when you add so that, it really quantifies, is it kingdom-minded or worldly-minded? Would you explain to somebody who's never heard you talk about this, what is a so that prayer? Absolutely. Um, In the Life Transformation Group, the LTGs that uh, I sit in, uh, one of the things we do is, as we're reading Scripture, whenever there's a prayer, we pause at that prayer, and I always ask them, okay, in Scripture, what's the so that of this prayer? What, why are they praying what they're praying? You'll see it really strong in uh, Hezekiah's prayer, where he is he gets the letter, and he goes before God and just kind of lays on his face and spreads the, these letters and these decrees all out before him, and he just goes before God. And you'll see the so that prayer. And so what I would say is whenever you pray, end your prayer with so that. So if I pray for healing for my friend who I mentioned in the hospital, oh God, would you heal him this very day? So that what? Mm-hmm. Just so that my friend's healed? Right. Or is it more than that? So that he can be a living testimony yeah. to his family of your goodness and greatness. So that he can have conversations. What's the so that behind it? Because that is really the, the filtering screen, the HEPA filter, if you will, uh, that that checks my prayers, whether they're um, selfish prayers and me-focused prayers, or if they're kingdom-minded, God's glory sort of prayers. Yeah. Um, As you said that, the Lord brought to mind, we're reading through 2 Chronicles 20 right now, Mm, and I just want to read the prayer of King Jehoshaphat, which we, we, it says it's either an ancestor of David or David's actual son. And so um, it says, and then I'm going to ask you the so that, like, let's, practice that here. So it says, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to your descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built it built in it a sanctuary for your name saying if calamity comes upon us whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us but now here are men from Ammon Moab Mount Seir who whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt so they turned away from them and did not destroy them See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. Oh God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. I just love that, first of all. So why the reminder at the beginning of this? Because God knows. So why is he praying this out loud? Well, at the very beginning, what I love about that prayer, as many, I would maybe even say most of the prayers in the Old Testament, usually starts with adoration or some sort of praise, where they talk about, uh, they actually address God. um, If you look at how it's done in your text, anything that's, uh, you'll see the word Lord, and it's capital L, and then it's O-R-D, but the O and the R and D are all caps, but they're really small. That name of God is Yahweh. That means they're, they're praying to a personal God, to a God who is for them. That's the I am. That's the uh, burning bush God. But if you see the word like God Almighty, the Hebrew word is El Shaddai. And so they're praying to a God that's all-powerful. Or if they do something like sovereign 
you know, sovereign God, that is Adonai. And so those are terms that they're speaking to the attributes of God. And so they're, they are reminding God, but they're also reminding themselves Mm -hmm. and they're addressing a God who is powerful, who is all knowing, who is in control. If he is El Elyon, the God of gods, or the, the names we lose those names in there, um, but I wish we knew them more because it speaks to their heart knows God. When I use my pet name for Lori, which I won't say on the podcast, <laughs> she she knows there's a different um, way about me coming to her versus if, you know, if your parents use your middle name, oh. you're in trouble. And so there's different ways we speak to pe- when we use people's names that, that, that communicate. And they start off with, oh, God, um, you know us. We know you. You are powerful and you are great. We are going to worship you, whether this goes good or whether this goes bad. We are always going to worship you. But God, there's a lot happening. And there's this is happening and this is happening and this happening and this. So that is. But you know what? So that is your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We don't know what to do, but our eyes will stay fixed on you. That's my favorite part of that whole verse because there are times when things are happening to me. And in that moment, I don't know what to do, but I know the one who does. So the so that of the passage Mm -hmm. is, I trust you. Yeah. Because oftentimes I do that too. Heal my friend in the hospital. Mm -hmm. But if you don't do it exactly the way I want, I will still keep my eyes fixed on you. That changes my prayers when I say, because then God says, will you really? Yeah. So if your friend dies in the hospital... Yes. Will you still yes. keep your eyes? And so the so that's, you, you got to be careful because you, yeah. there's real words to that, real consequences when we say, so that God, I don't want my glory. I want your glory. Yeah. I want your name, not my name to be known. I just did a podcast with Josh and Melissa Page, and she was sharing... Um, they lost several babies. They lost one at 41 weeks that she gave wow. birth to. And then they lost another child. It was 20-some weeks, and there was an umbilical um, mm. situation involved. And then seven miscarriages um, in between. I think I'm correct on those numbers. But anyway, they were sharing that. And Melissa was talking about after the loss, it was a four-year period, of that last baby. She was in the deepest deepest place she'd ever been this depression and she talked about psalm 139 where it says that even your darkness cannot hide us and she said that verse was so true god would not let go of her though she just was so down and what god revealed to her through prayer and it was a long time afterwards was he he she said i thought i had faith and what god showed me was that i i wasn't i was praying for the wellness of my children and she said I felt so loved when God revealed to me and he, there was broken and contrite place of saying, whatever your will is, I surrender my children to you. And she talked about going through pregnancies after that and that the fear was gone because the prayers before were with her want to, which I understand. I would have had the same exact want to, but when she surrendered it, she said the peace and the, the faith that God grew in her and Josh, her husband said that a lot of times our prayers are what not only are they maturing us, but they're showing us the genuineness of our faith as we walk through trials and to do it without prayer. You can't. Yeah, man, there is so much to unpack there. What I, Man, there's a lot there. Because one of the things I love is, uh, and it speaks to salt and light for me big time. Um, if God's word is his language to us, 
what it speaks there is she knew God's word so that when God used his words to call to her, she recognized it at his word. So it speaks to a depth of an intimacy that she had with him. And not only was she aware of God's language to her, she knew where it was, she knew how to grab hold of it, and then she knew how to rest. So God provided something to a child who was intimately connected so that she could cling to that in the midst of difficulty. So whenever you... Uh, memorize scripture whenever you've got it, when life collapses, and it will, it will for all of us, when we are connected through prayer and God's word to El Elyon, to to, uh, El Shaddai, to Yahweh, he will speak his word into our lives with the perfect ways to capture our hearts to give us rest or to give us comfort or to bring us peace or to give us direction. That speaks a lot to who she is prior to the crisis. Yeah. And I think that's an important part is that sometimes we're having our quiet times and there's nothing spectacular maybe going on in our lives. Today. Today. But what we're reading today is going to play a huge role. We just can't see it coming. Yes. And God is preparing your heart for what is to come, the storm that you're walking into, so that you have an anchor in the midst of that storm. Mm. That's so good. So um, we were talking recently from, is it Daniel 3, where it's uh, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Uh, We just did a a podcast with Pastor James, and we got into the depth of that. And so we were talking in our small group about how did they have the faith to be able to be thrown into a fire? Like when you think ahead to that, that seems impossible. What role do you think their relationship with God and prayer played in that to prepare them for that? Yeah, I think that passage has been hijacked, especially today with people who want to protest because, you know, that's Mm -hmm. what we want to do is grab those guys and stand up and they're protesting. We're not going to bow down. We don't care. We're going to fight. We're, you know, but what I love about that, it's one thing to say that, and it's another thing to say, uh, and in, even if he doesn't, yeah, even if he doesn't, yes. we will praise our God, yeah, because we're gonna we'll meet him face to face, and and we love him, yeah. and so it spoke to the hours and the moments in whether it's prayer closets, whether it's in studying and meditating on God's word, whether it's the oral tradition as they talked about God's word, it speaks to what had happened prior to that moment that gave them the chutzpah or the mm-hmm. the um, the character to stand strong in that moment. I love that. Um, I think it's so interesting to me that you said that people use that to uh, maybe defy or stand up because Absolutely. what stood out to me was how respectful they were. Though they honored God and they didn't bow down, there was still this respect in their voice as they spoke to the authority. Did you? Yeah, and we actually just talked about that in a sermon here recently. Mm-hmm. The, the difference here was they are supposed to be submitting to authorities, but the difference in that moment was uh, the authorities were saying sin. I mean, break one of the Ten Commandments. I mean, we're talking like idolatry stuff mm-hmm. here, and they're like, we're not doing it. We, would, we will not offend a holy God. We will not offend our friend, uh, whether it be Abba or whether it be uh, you know, the, a, a greater name of God. They were like, we will not offend him because yeah. that's not who we are. I love that. So 
Um, can we talk about the different types of prayer? So there's corporate prayer. Let's go back to that. So corporate yeah. prayer is what would I would be- say a Sunday morning, even if we're in there or if you're in a in a larger group setting where we're uh, I think student ministries just had a time last night of worship and prayer. So you're in a much larger setting. And for some, it can be uncomfortable to pray out loud in front of 30, 40, 100 people. Yeah. And then what is another type? So there's corporate prayer, there's... Oh, see, in your small group, Mm -hmm. because the intimacy level, uh, it shrinks. So as I'm in my life group, my salt and light group, I know those people, they know me, but it can still be a little nerve wracking to pray in that group because uh, maybe I'm nervous about if what I'm going to pray about might get out Mm -hmm. or hit hit somebody that I don't want to know about what's going on. It requires a different level of intimacy. And then it, it keeps shrinking. When I get to my family, my family generally knows me the best. And yeah. I'm usually more vulnerable there. And then when it's just God and I, yeah, mm-hmm. the gloves are off because he sees, he sees it all. And I love when you talk about the different levels of intimacy, which we're going to come back and do another podcast. And I'd sure. like to um, open with that. But um, when you're in a small group and, you know, we, we talk about doing prayer partners, we're creating intimacy in the smaller group. What does it look like? Because we don't do prayer request in salt and light, but there is prayer taking place through the word, the reading. You had a name for that when you and I were talking about it. Is it meditative? Um, when you're looking at God's word? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. When you're using God's word, to prayer, you're, it's certainly a meditation when you're speaking God's word back to him or you're wrestling mm. with God's word. But when it comes to a group setting, whether it's Salt and Light or a life group or whatever, I would say taking prayer requests um, is one, um, shallower on the intimacy level scale, mm. and it speaks to a shallower prayer life because most groups spend three times as long gathering prayer requests as they actually do praying. And if you Mm -hmm. want to test this in your group, show up the next time and look at the person and say, what did I ask for prayer for last week? And did you pray for me? And if they can't say it, that's, that's the point. Most people are collecting information. Mm -hmm. They're not going before the throne on your behalf. A prayer partner is a completely different intimacy level and spiritual maturity level. I, I love that. And we're going to dig more into that in our next episode. But as we get ready to close this one, here's my question. Somebody is listening to this podcast and they realize that maybe they have been reading through the word of God, but they're really wanting to start this um, rich prayer life. How do you get started when that's been something that's not been a part of what you're doing? Yeah, there's a lot of different techniques, especially if you're memorizing scripture. Um, or if a passage in your in your reading stands out to you, take it, pray, uh, pray one word at a time. So let's say you come across, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, Philippians 4, uh, which is a classic passage lots of people pray. Um, emphasize the word I. God, you're speaking to me. This is a verse for me. And then I can, not maybe. It says I can, and that's a promise. So I can, I can do. So there's an action involved here, God. Thanks for that. There's something on me. I can do all, not some. I can do all things, you know. And so, and you take you, and even if you write it out in all caps, each word. So you would write that one out. Say I don't know, maybe there's 20 words in that. Yeah. You would write it out one time with I, and then then can would be capitalized the next Ooh. time you write it out, mm-hmm. and. And you pray those words and it becomes personalized for you. That's one way. The other way is um, to pray when you look at the passage 
take a verse and go, uh, what is in this passage I can thank him for? Mm. What in this passage do I need to confess? Yeah. What in this passage do I need to ask for more of maybe? And then what in here do I need to praise him for? Can we use I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me to practice that? So Absolutely. So one of the things I love about that is um, when it says I can do all things through Christ who, who, who gives me strength, it's like, God, the fact that I can do all things uh, speaks to your power. Mm. It speaks to your very name of El Shaddai. And so I love that name. I rely on that name. There's no name in heaven and earth that's more powerful than that name. And that name is personal to me. Yeah. And so you can begin to speak to as a form of prayer or to go, God, you know what? On too many days, I act like you can only do some things in my life instead of all things. And so I confess that I've got categories in my life and that I want to take care of these things. And then I'll just turn those things over to you. Mm -hmm. And God, I don't want to be that person anymore. I confess that that's who I am. Or God, thank you for being a God that I can come to and bring all my things whether the small things or the big things, I can bring them all to you and that you're going to give me strength. I need strength. On so many days, I feel so weak. Mm. But God, you give me strength. Thank you, thank you, thank you for strength. So you can use those different components of that Mm -hmm. as you are doing these verses. I love that so much because the simplicity, you know, God doesn't make hard relationship with him. We humans tend to overcomplicate it. Uh, A takeaway that we've been having in Salt and Light as we are reading through the Freedom Workshop, different places is that um, so many times we let knowledge lead us to law, which can become a clanging symbol. But when knowledge leads us to relationship, that is when there is life and peace. That's what woos hearts to people. And what you're sharing in that type of prayer, it's simple and it woos us to God in relationship. So having that, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me as knowledge alone does nothing. But when we see us in that verse, or how many times do we have a verse and we're like, Boy, Scott needs to know yeah. this. Ver- you know, our husband or our, our wife or whoever. Very that may true. Be. And if you can't pray scripture, yeah. you can't use scripture. Oh. Well, as we get ready to close out the session, would you pray for our audience who is listening that is getting ready to really push into a more rich prayer life? Would you pray for them? You bet. Father, the model that you give us that's found in scripture says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As I listen to those words roll off my lips even now, God, thank you. Thank you for giving us uh, an audience in your throne room when you don't have to. We can come before you and lay our worries, our anxieties. We can lay before you our wants, our desires, our hurts, our pains, our needs. We can lay it all before you. And boy, I like to lay it in front of everybody else. Oh, help me lay it at your your throne first. And God, as I think about that, you're my father. I mean, I know you're others as well, but you're my father. And whether my earthly father for me God, he went and met you early on, and I didn't know him as well as I'd like. I've only knew him for 13 years, but I've got a heavenly father that's with me every single day who loves me better than any earthly father that speaks to me, that guides me, that provides for me. And you're not someone who sits in a chair in my room that's bound by time. It says, my father's in heaven. 
I like that. That's reassuring. As I walk through your prayer, I thank you for providing my needs. Thanks for protecting me from all the temptations that that, that come my way. Thanks for calling me to a deeper life with you. Thanks for the saving grace of your son, Jesus Christ. Oftentimes I get caught up with here and in our world uh, with all sorts of lesser things, lowercase g gods. I find myself bowing before them, thinking that they will provide, that they will lead. God, today, help me to forgive. Help me to forgive as I drive my car, as I speak to my coworkers, as I deal with my spouse and my kids. Help me to forgive myself because you died on a cross to forgive people like me and help me to extend that to others because your name is a power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. And thank you, audience, for being here. And I just pray that you are so blessed and that this helps you right now, whatever you're doing, that you're able to stop and just have a moment. Talk with God. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Kingdom Conversations. We look forward to you joining us next week.